I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Uncover Your Magic. Thank you all for leaving the reviews and letting me know how the different guests I have had on the show has made an impact in your life. It means the world to me. So when you reach out and let me know you're listening and getting insights, it makes me feel so grateful to know that my guests that I have on are transforming your life. It is so fun to find the new guests to share with you so we can all ascend and find new meaning and growth in our lives. I always love to do my deep dives on my guests before I have them on the show, but today's guest, not only did I get to do my deep dive on all of her work she has done in this world, but I actually had a live session with her right here in San Diego. Meeting her for sure was divine timing and grace. I get a massage a few times a year from a woman who has an office next door to Dr. Pontea. I have walked past her door many times, but this time I called her and I came in to meet her. I heard my intuition say, it's time, Ashley, for you to meet her. I walked into her office and it's like this little sanctuary, beautiful, with all of these statues like Mary Magdalene. It was just beautiful. She had animal totems, photos on the wall. I could have just stared at all the the photos, the ornaments, the statues she had all over, but we got in and she got to share with me her magic. She is such a beautiful soul. I knew after my two-hour session, I had to have her on and share her with you. She has so many gifts and talents and her background will amaze you. I will let her give you her bio because I wouldn't even know where to begin. She is so vast in her knowledge and experience. I think I would do her a disservice. I think if I tried to break it down, it wouldn't even do it justice. But before I introduce you to Dr. Pontea Dianati, I wanted to let you know I opened enrollment for my courses, Raising Confidence for Teens and the Magic Path for Adults and Parents for the fall. Our eight-week course will begin September 12th. I couldn't think of a better way to begin the school year learning these tools and getting your family on a trajectory of higher understanding of how you can create a magical life now and for your future. Contact me directly on my email at ashleygonner at gmail.com, or you can sign up in the link in the show notes, or read more on my website and listen to the testimonials at ashleygonner.com. And as always, please reach out to me if you have any questions. I'd love to hear from you and help you in any way I can. So without further ado, please welcome this beautiful soul, Dr. Pontea, to the show. And that she can come here, that she's been able to come here and share her magic with you. And you're just going to love her like I do. So welcome. 
Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. You're welcome. So I did our in, my intro and I told everybody that how we met and that you just live a few minutes away from me. And, you know, I used to walk by your office to go see Jessica. A few, you know, I don't go that often, but I remember like being drawn to you. And then that one day I'm like, no, I am going to call her. There's something it's always in divine timing. And I just wanted to share your you with my audience and the, my listeners. And I know that they will resonate with you just as I did. And I didn't explain kind of your background and where you kind of developed to what, you know, that where you found your, your gifts and your talents. So if you could take us back to wherever you want to share kind of where you came from and, you know, where you got to get to this point in your life. So I uh, thank you so much. I'm so glad we met and that God brought you to my office. I always call them divine appointments. So it was definitely meant to be. My background, let's see. So my background was like as a kid, I was always, a, you know, a sensitive, energy sensitive being, you could say. So I was always like rescuing animals and like healing them, you know, but I didn't know what I was doing. And like with humans, I always could feel everybody's stuff like a lot of us could. But when I was in college, I was studying psychology and that seemed to be the thing that I was naturally good at, you know? And so I pursued that and um, I went on to become an elementary school teacher for a little bit and worked in high schools and colleges and things like that as a counselor. And later on, I went and got my uh, PhD in clinical psychology, you know, but it was at a school that was very holistic. So all the professors there, you know, like believe in energy and angels and physics. And so we could have really deep discussions about these esoteric topics. And so I studied my PhD. And while I was working there, I was working in a lot of rehabs, trauma clinics with children, you know, with adults, with all kinds of different things. I was getting like my um, experience. So yeah, then later on, I decided I didn't really want to be a therapist. And I decided to open up what I have now, which is more of like, you know, like soul integration, healing for people that are energy sensitive, past life stuff, working with the shamanic realms, healing the chakras, the psychology of the chakras and things like that. So it's like a lot of different stuff that I do based on what people are coming in with. But um, yeah, I'm totally always led by source. So everything I do, I'm always praying and sources coming in through me to do everything. So my sessions are always a surprise and I see people, I have their forms, but what happens in the session is always a surprise to me. So it's really cool like that. Yeah. Well, when I had my session with you, we closed the door and it opened a few times and you were choking <laughs> saying my throat chakra was blocked. And it was, it was just like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh. And then the door opens again, You're like welcome. But explain to me, like, I know that your background and understanding, but you're just like, I feel like when I see you and it's even planning this interview, it was, let me talk to God to find the right date, but you're so connected, but you've been connected your whole life. It's just, I mean, you're what in your thirties, late thirties. Yeah. Yeah. My, in my thirties. And, but since I was a little girl, you know, I always was like obsessed with God and my parents weren't even religious. That's like the funny thing. Oh, wow. My parents were like, my mom was like a clinical psychologist and my dad was kind of like a Sufi mystic. So not religious, but he would always just teach me about like geography and things like that, you know, but I was obsessed with God, like six-year-olds. And I would just sit there in meditation. I'd be like, you know, God, like, I just really want to meet you. 
Oh. <laughs> you know, when I had all my hobbies, I was doing my hobbies, but God was always like the most important thing to me. And then as I got older, I became a teenager, you know, it kind of like people like thought it was weird, you know, so I wouldn't talk about it, but I always had my intuition that guided me through situations in life. And then when I was like, you know, maybe like 18, 19, I found like, I had a thing that happened with one of the goddesses that came to me to help me. And she gave me a book and I started to see auras. And then I kind of went on to do my Reiki training, you know? So it was kind of like all divinely led, as I could say, like my path was like that. That's why I trusted so much. And I've had to use God in like so many emergency situations. Like when I was in the ER or like during surgery, I've had to like pray and be like, all right, what medicine do you have to use in this moment? And in that moment, you really need God to be accurate. (laughs) Right. No kidding. But you had a a terrible thing happen not long ago. Yeah. Just like just four months ago, I I literally pretty much died and came back to life. You know, it was a surgery that went wrong and they nearly killed me. And I just remember God like talking to me, telling me exactly what to do when I was in the emergency room, what to say to the doctor. Don't let them give you this medicine. This medicine's okay. And it's funny because when I tell people the story of what happened to me, they're like, oh, we heard that happened to someone, they died. Like, so wow. <laughs> every time I tell them the incident, they're like, yeah, that person died. I'm like, well, God told me that like, he said I could stay and that I, I would be able to help people if I stayed. So that's kind of why I was, I didn't die. It's like meant to be, but yeah. It did make my strength, like, I mean, in terms of my faith, it became solid. I would say four months ago, like a little bit of doubt I still had, like, you know, any little bit of doubt. It was like after that incident and how much God had my back, I was like, oh my God, God is real. And it's God. It wasn't like the angels. It wasn't the masters. Like I respect and not love all of them. But a lot of people in the spiritual community have kind of lost their connection to God. So it's like a laser connection. It's the most powerful thing, right? So chakras and past lives and angels, they're all cool. We want to play with them and heal ourselves. But source is like, everything. It's like the highest vibration, the highest frequency, and it guides us when we trust it like a lot. So yeah. But when you, when you say I'm, when he's talking to me, when God is talking, what is it? What do you hear? Is it, you know, the clairvoyant, all those, what yeah. is, what is your like take on that? Talking in my ear, you know, like very much just like very casual, you know, it's not like at all fancy. It's not like thou shall be. It's more like, did you have your smoothie? <laughs> oh, you know, or like, Sometimes if I'm working with a client, he'll be like, you know, they went through this and then it helps me to understand the client better, you know, if I'm maybe misunderstanding them. So he's kind of like a best friend in my ear and he's like a best friend to everyone else, but people, you know, don't know that, you know? So that's why I talk about a lot because I think such a, like, like, for example, when you came to me that day, right? Like my throat started closing, right? So the kind of healer that I am, I feel things in my body as well. Mm -hmm. So when you come in and I have the intention set for a healing session and my throat closes, I know, okay, Ashley's got some kind of a blockage in her throat chakra. Well, you know, she has this amazing podcast. She's helping all these people. Of course, her throat chakra would have a blockage because, you know, every blockage that we remove, the the chakras like expand. So when people are coming to see me, I'm kind of preparing them for their highest leadership position. So um, then when we removed that, you saw like, then you could, then I could breathe again. You were calm again. Like the whole energy of the room changed. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's like a very intense thing that they kind of bring in suddenly into the room. And we just kind of go into it when it happens. Yeah. When you talk about your description of past lives mm-hmm. and how masculine, feminine, and I was listening to the podcast, your, or the YouTube and how you describe 
like we've all had so many lives. Will you explain your take on that? Because I know everyone listening is, is that's fascinating to them to hear your take. Yeah. I mean, we've all had so many past lives. If we're a spiritual person at this time, you know, we're very like, we've probably been a girl before we've been a boy before. So many multiple lifetimes, right? So a lot of people think like healing actually happens when we're actually like just clearing layers of the ego till we become clear and become source. Like everybody thinks like, let's just clear the ego and become source and it's good to go. However, we are literally all of our past life selves. So like I am all the women I've been, all the men I've been as myself, and they all exist in my aura. They're literal things. And so when people come to me for healing, I'm not trying to get rid of their ego. I'm trying to introduce them to all their personalities. I'm like, well, this girl's been with you for 3000 years. This little boy's been with you, you know, for 50 years, you know. So once you get to know all your aspects or parts of your sub-personalities, then you become whole. You know, you're no longer rejecting any part of you. Like I have this, but I don't have this. So that's how healing occurs. And past lives are sort of like all the lives we've lived. We could have lived a really good past life, like been a saint, or we could have been an evil person. Like we've had both, you know? So yeah, we want to integrate all of them back in and it all happens on time release. So it's not like we want to go and suddenly find all these. When you find a healer that knows how to do this, that means you're ready for this. And then God is supporting you because everything is led by God, you know, and he wants everybody to heal and go back to source, you know? So yeah. Do you feel in your past lives and leading you up to this, who you are today. I know you've gone back and seen your lives. Have you been a healer your whole, like, tell me your, how you see your past lives. Yeah. I have all kinds of different ones. You know, I've definitely been a healer in a lot of them, like a spiritual writer, like teacher, healer. I've also been like a homeless kid or like an orphan, you know, so I've, I've also, you know, had different positions and hired parts of society. So I've kind of had a lot of different roles. And I think that's why I'm so comfortable with people, whether someone's like living in their car or living in a castle, like I look at them the same way, you know, because I just look at people's souls and I can see their souls. And sometimes people that live in their car are so generous. They've offered me like, they've offered me like a tea or something, you know, and then I've gone to places where people live in castles and they haven't even offered me a glass of water. So generosity of spirit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so when you say to me, like you've seen this, all these different aspects when you have a healing, what do you see? And you say you can see the aura, like you can see my aura. Yeah, I can see and feel it and I can kind of figure out what's happening in it, you know? Um, Yeah. Our aura is like alive. It's always changing because it's an electromagnetic field, right? Like it actually like is around us. And some people's auras are little, some people's auras are big. So you have a very big expanded aura that has just beautiful, like, it's kind of like mother of pearl. I see a lot of mother of pearl, like white, but just like pastel colors in your aura, you know? And what does that mean? It just means that you're embodying a lot of these higher fifth dimensional vibrations because a lot of the fifth dimensional colors that are coming in are different than the colors we're used to, you know? So colors are changing as the earth is expanding, new colors are coming in for healing. And so you're embodying that in your aura, which means you're connected to the fifth dimension. Okay, let's go there. I want you to tell us, let's go to that. Like we're this new earth. I just interviewed someone the other day where we opened up this, this new, I don't know, but I've talked about it many episodes of where the 2020 to this whole like 
transition and we're moving into this new earth or the 5D, you know, they have so many different little labels for that, but I want to hear that. I can't yeah. wait to hear your take. I'm like, you know, it's more like a perception. So what do I mean by that? It's almost like when our mind starts to expand, our levels of consciousness expand, which means like we are advancing spiritually. We start to hone in onto other realities. You know what I mean? It's almost like now the vibration that we are has the access go to go into that reality. So there's people that are already living in the new earth, which means like they don't really have to worry about a schedule. You know, they do kind of what they want to do for work and fun. They eat the right food. They have high vibrational friends. Like basically you can tell their life has become more simplified, high vibration, happy and things they want. That's how you know you're going into fifth dimension. And the destiny is for all humans to have that. So that's what God wants. God wants everybody to create their own dream life, but in alignment with his will for them. So co-creation, right? So you can't be like, I want to be a this, this, this. If that's really bad for your soul development, God will stop it. I promise you. So then if people are co-creating, the new earth will get created. As people create their deep dream vision, somebody moves to this part of nature, somebody moves to here, some people build villages, that's the new earth. It's going to be built from the ground up. But in terms of reality, we can already access it and feel the energies when our perception becomes more advanced and we're, we're connecting to higher energies, you know. Right. When you talk about the polarity between nature and technology and the new earth, people are going to choose the technology and or the nature. Yeah. I mean, some people are going to go and put stuff in their brain, you know, and put on these glasses and stay on them for eight hours a day, you know, and you can do that. I mean, I have clients that do that and they have fun with it, but some people are going to choose to go live in nature and like work online so they can still contribute to society because age of Aquarius is about technology. So we can't really like throw technology away, but yeah, some people are going to live in the city and high rises, you know, and do all kinds of unhealthy things to their body. Cause just imagine like for the next few hundred years, the earth is just going to keep expanding. Right. But some people are going to go to nature and connect to mother earth and heal. You know, we really have to go backwards in some way to heal because sometimes when we make too many steps forward, like as we have with humans, that's why everybody now suddenly has mental illness. Well, why is everybody have mental illness? You know, it doesn't make sense. Right. When you talk about the seventies, like the tree huggers and what trees mean, and then you go into like our generation and then now our children. Yes. There's three waves of volunteers and God sent help. People think like God's like neutral. You know, some people are like, God is neutral. He's an energy. And I'm like, no, God is pretty personally involved in like the day-to-day lives. Okay. And so in terms of the three waves of volunteers, he sent three waves of volunteers. One was in the seventies, the first hippie movement, you know, John Lennon and all them. Then it was our generation, which are like the indigos or whatever you want to call us. We're kind of more like you know, we're a little sassy, you could say, but we have the firepower to create their revolution, you know? And then our, the third generation is going to be our children, which are the children that are already coming in. They're, they're, you know, they're just wide awake. They're already enlightened. They don't need karma work. They don't need past life clearing, you know, they have multiple selves. They're just like source. So that's why they're so special. So you say this, you only go back to the seventies, but how do you, why do you only go back to there? Like, what about going back you know, thousands of years ago, how do you think of time? Do you look at it as all happening at once? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's not like really like, yeah, time is happening all at once, you know, because there is technically no time. So like, the, that's why we can do past life clearing, we can literally go to that moment, heal something. And two months later, the person's addiction is gone. 
what the heck, right? So yeah, I don't really see time as like like that. But in terms of God, like God always sends helps. There's been so many saints and messengers <laughs> that have said the same thing over and over again. Forgive everyone, <laughs> love each other. <laughs> right, it's pretty simple. But nobody follows it, you know, because the darkness is very tempting. See, the thing with the, that people don't understand darkness well enough and they, it's mis, they misunderstand the light as darkness. The light is quite simple. You know, everything with God is quite simple and clean and not too complicated. Yeah. So when you say when you're with somebody and you're like for me, I went to, I can still see it. I was clearing a past life mm-hmm. where I was in jail and, you know, we like, and then you said, okay, now go back and change that. And I get it. I can still see that. So I changed the feeling of I, how I was and empowered myself to shift that. So then in this life, mm-hmm. but it's all happening now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, all happening now. Mm-hmm. it's all happening now. And I'm getting so much a better understanding of that. So I shifted that in my, in our session, mm-hmm. which helped me overcome if it was, you know, with my throat, like maybe it's what I took from it was, you know, teaching children and are people think I don't do that. I used to do that thinking they're probably going to think I'm some crazy lady trying to teach their children these different principles of law of attraction is, is it all these woo woo things that I've taught my children their whole life. So I can see like that person in my session with you feeling unheard, ashamed of what I was trying to share yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there might be a past life self part of you that maybe she was like, you know, she was totally against love, whatever, you know, law of attraction. So she's like, don't do that, Ashley. If you do that, it's so bad. And you're like, you know, but once you get to know her, you can be like, okay, Susan, thanks for sharing, but we're still going to do this. You know, right. you don't, we're no longer fighting. And like, why do I have low self-esteem? It's like, well, you don't have low self-esteem. Susan does. <laughs> right. Well, you, you were saying in one of that you take a baby picture. Yeah. And you put those all over. Explain that and why. So because our inner child self, so remember I said we all have multiple selves. So we have the past life selves. We have our human self. We have our professional self. We have our lover self that we are with our loved ones, right? We have our mother and everything. But in terms of our inner child self, God, it's so important to connect to the inner child. If I could give anything to people of all the healing stuff I've learned would be to please connect to your inner child every single day, become obsessed with your inner child and talk to it all the time. Because why? That's where God is. You know, like the part of us that is the closest to God is our inner child self. Innocent, pure, playful, loves everybody, right? Like it's just so cute. So whenever we lose ourselves in the world, whatever happens, shadow, inner, outer, whatever, the world stuff, we can just connect to the inner child and it's like, we just come back to who we really are. But if we start to talk to it, it will literally become like a guide for us. It becomes like an, literally becomes like one of your angels. And it's like your strongest one with like the direct link to God, you know? So I also look at my inner child because like, you know, when I'm being hard on myself, like I kind of look at her and I'm like, oh my God, I can't be mean to her. You know, I can't be mean to her. I can be mean to me as an adult, like, oh, you did this wrong or this, this, this. But to her, I'm like, I can't be mean to her, you know? And if we're mean to ourselves, we're going into our demonic self. When we're nice to ourselves, we're in our God self. Does that make sense? Because God is just pure love. So inner child is the way to deal with your own darkness. It's the way to connect to God. It's a way to forgive yourself for anything you've done in the past, you know? It's just amazing. Yeah. With angels and 
the archangels, how do you use them in your practice and how do you describe that? They come in, you know, they come in with, with their, um, like, you know, it's kind of like they were, they've been with me all along is what I've learned now, right? Like, it's kind of like they've been with me all along and now I can see, oh yeah, I remember that one time, like my sister almost drowned and I saw this white being like bring her out of the ocean when I was nine years old. Now, like that makes sense, you know, but now in like my healing sessions, when people come in, I can kind of tell which archangel they're connected to. So there's some of them, some people are coming in and they're super connected to Michael. Some people are connected to Raphael. Some people are connected to Samuel. So I'm kind of like looking at the person and I'm trying to help them understand their own archangelic self. Cause we all have an archangelic self. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, I'm a human at this level, but at some level I'm an archangel. You're a human at this level, so I'm connecting people to their own archangelic self. That's a lot of my work is like helping people not to be confused, you know, because Michael once told me, he's like, gosh, you know, so many people always say, Michael, Michael, Michael. I wish people was calling the other archangels. Oh, funny. And people say like angels are tireless and stuff like that, but they have a sense of humor. So now I kind of teach people to work with the different angels, but always to go directly to source and then to call in angels afterwards. Yeah. What do you do? Like, tell me, like, you're, how do you connect? So I usually like before every session, I say like a prayer, you know, so I call in source, I call in divine mother and father. So I kind of call in like everybody. I call in the archangels, actually visualize them. I sense them. I feel them come in and kind of like feel the room. If I have a client that I know is going to be intense, like I had one client where like she had a possession where like the bed in her house was going like this. Oh, wow. like, you know, oh my God, I don't know what to do with this situation. And so I, I would call an extra protection. I would call in my shamanic guides and Sufi guides, like my, a lot of different things that I've learned and like my animal protection guides, my dragon guides, you know, so many different, so much different help um, from the universe. And then I kind of set this space. So when they come in, the room is already kind of full of those energies and people usually just already feel it. Sometimes people just start crying, just getting in here. Some people start giggling depending on what they're going through. So yeah, the energy is always present in my office and I have different sort of like pictures and symbols that I charge with their energy. So it holds like the feng shui of the office too, you know? You mean in the office? Because I've been in there and there's, I could sit in there all day and just look around. <laughs> it's yeah, like going into like a mu- museum. <laughs> so <laughs> That's the part. Like when you say get a statue, what do you like different statues in your house? You were like telling me to do certain things, wearing certain colors, yes. get a certain necklace, yes. never wear black. I'm kind of engineering people's aura, basically. Like someone comes in, I'm looking at their aura and I'm like, okay, like we need to empower this one. This one needs to be a little bit smaller. Just, you know, if I'm just kind of fixing their aura. So things we put in our house affects our aura of our house. Like people are having financial difficulties. They have to clean up their house because whenever it's emptiness, then things will fill it up, right? So I work a lot with energy inside of people and then also like in their house and their business to kind of like get the energy flowing again, you know? And when people wear certain things on their body, like not everybody can wear the same crystal. You know what I mean? A lot of people like a lot of crystals, but like different people benefit from different crystals because those crystals are alive and we have to respect them. They're called the rock beans, you know, like I talk to them and I actually like ask them for their help. So I don't just treat it like an inanimate object. I'm like, oh, thank you so much for helping me to speak clearly. And yeah, so it's kind of like that. So kind of What is on your neck right now? This is an ancient piece you know it's an ancient Persian carving and actually has a symbol of like a heart and 
like infinity to kind of help me to speak from my, both of my balanced selves. It's not too feminine, too masculine, just like right in the balance. And the color is green, which is the color of love. And I'm wearing it on my throat chakra. You can see to kind of expand this area. Yeah. So when I did my session with you and I remember going into my, my root chakra and it was, I could tell it was blocked and you could too, by the way, I was breathing and talk about the chakras. Cause I know we've talked about that in past episodes and there's always an interesting way of how you, t- your take on that. The chakras are energy centers, but they're universes, right? So the root chakra is the first one that connects us to mother earth. So it comes right out of the bottom of our tailbone. Like if you can even just like squeeze your tailbone a little bit right now and actually plugs directly into the earth. So people, if they have trauma in the root chakra, don't want to be on earth. Don't feel like they belong here. They'll feel suicidal, have apathy, depression, to have difficulty with money, you know, all kinds of stuff, feeling safe. And then, then there's a sacral chakra, which comes right above that, you know, and it's where the sexual organs are for men and women. And it's front and back. And if people have like, you know, traumas of certain ages that can really get unbalanced and it can create different addictions or obsessions and anger kind of comes from the sacral chakra, you know, so sacral chakra is very much connected to our psychology. A lot of people don't know that how much our inner sensual healing is connected to our mood problems, right? So then there's a solar plexus chakra that which is around the belly button and that's like our willpower, right? So it's like, if that one's damaged, I feel like I can't really take care of myself. I'm powerless or overpowering people. And when this one is balanced, it'll be kind of like an empty field where like the will of God moves through us. It's not my will. I'm like, you know, you, you talk to me, you're like, Pontia, let's do an interview. I'm like, okay, let's talk to God and see when. So I'm letting him move me. Because if I don't do that, then I can make a mistake and I've learned from my past. Then you come up and it's, um, we can kind of skip. There's a lot of chakras all over the body. So I'm just kind of talking about the main ones. But then we go to the heart chakra, which is right here. And this is sort of like our connection of earth to heaven. So the heart chakra is really, really important for our ability to love people, to have like genuine love with people versus love with agenda or some kind of thing hidden, you know. So the heart chakra is very pure, but it can be filled with grief and sadness and all this COVID stuff for the last two years was the heart chakra clearing of the collective, you know. So um, then it's like the throat chakra and that one is like a lot of people have issues in the throat chakra because we're constantly basically being told what's okay to say and what's not okay to say, right? Like, especially in today's society, you can talk about this, but you can't talk about this. But what God wants is for everybody to be able to speak their inner truth, whatever that is, like he doesn't judge us, nobody else should be judging it. So the throat chakra clearing is really huge because if it's not cleared and people can say mean words, angry words, a lot of entities and things like to live in the throat chakra of people. And then you can kind of come up to the third eye, you know? And so this one is about like our perception, whether we judge other people or ourselves. So as this cleans up, we sort of start to see like, oh, everybody's like a child of God and everybody's doing the best they can, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, not perfect, they're not perfect. We're all doing the best we can, you know? So that's kind of that one. And then the crown chakra is sort of like our antenna, you know, it like it's constantly receiving source. So you're either aware of it or you're not, but God is constantly shining the light on all of us all the time. We literally, each of us get a daily dose of vitamin, energy vitamin. So if you just close your eyes and you say, God, please send me like my dispensation today. He'll literally just send you a little clearing every day and it clears your karma. So, which is just energy stagnants in the body. That's what karma or sin is. It's just energy that gets stuck in the body. Right. So yeah, that's kind of like 
chakras I could talk about forever. You know, I wrote my dissertation on energy healing, but that's just like a good place to start, you know? Yeah. So the point of coming and getting healing is to clear that. And so yep. they have that because I could tell I got it. I understood the magic of what you do when I was, I could feel the block. Yeah. I could feel the areas that weren't blocked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just amazing. You could feel it because you're so in tune. You're such a psychic person, you know, so you could feel it actually moving right during session. And that's always a true sign of a true healer is that you should feel it the first time you see them, you know, something you should feel some kind of a shift in your consciousness or your energy should shift or something in your life should get different. Um, but there's a lot of healers that are not yet able to do, you know, advanced healing. So it takes a lot of time to become an advanced healer, you know, to actually be able to heal people. You have to actually really learn about all aspects of a person. You can't just focus on the energy. If you understand the mind, the body, the emotion, the spirit, you know, the culture. Right. Yeah. I was also listening to you talk about when you have a client, because I've only done the healing. If I was going to come again, you talk about a life plan or instead of a vision board, you're creating a life plan. Yeah. Explain that. Yeah. Like a vision board, right? Like it's usually for like, people are like, what do I want to manifest next? Right. And I come from an ancient lineage of like Persian manifestation, which was like, the there's a book, you know, talks about the original magic. And that kind of manifestation is called white magic, which basically means you manifest something for yourself, but you also ask that for the whole collective. So like, I want to create my life visions. I'm just prefacing this before I talk about manifestation, because it's so important that people know, because if you're manifesting in any other way, it will always bring bad karma. It's just the truth. So that ancient way says like, I'm going to manifest my life vision as a whole, but I'm going to wish that for the whole earth. I wish for everybody to have their life vision, you know? And then when you put that intention into it, ooh, like that will come true right away. So that's what I do with people. I usually have them create their whole life vision because they're usually like, I want to focus on my career or my spirituality or my psychic gifts. And I'm like, well, let's look at all of it because you know, you can't, because you know, people say things that don't actually go together, you know, like they want to do this and it actually doesn't match. Like I want to be a millionaire, but I never want to do anything. It's like, well, it's not going to work. Like you have to put into action. Right. So I'm kind of like just clarifying their own perception, removing the, the knots energetically. Usually there's a lot of knots for people about their life vision. Like they can't even picture their dream life. And I talk to people, I'm like, what is your dream life? And I'm like, well, I want to do this, but I'm just going to work for a company. I'm like, well, no, what do you really want? Because God is on the business of giving us what really moves our heart, you know? So right. if you want it, then um, with the vision, once you create it, then it starts to come true. And it happens for everybody. I've seen it now. So. What's your life vision? My life vision is to be kind of healing, you know, and helping people online like this. I'm going to go live in nature somewhere because I love the trees and the forest. And that's kind of my realm. That's when I feel the most alone. Just, you know, at some point have a family and raise my children there and I'll probably come to the city to kind of maybe teach seminars for like weekends and things like that that are fun and like spiritually to just keep expanding my consciousness and deepen my relationship with source and yeah just be close to my family and friends that mean a lot to me really invest time into people I love yeah there's a lot of different aspects of it but um yeah those are some parts of it 
One of the things that I do is that I help people to co- connect to their own guides, like I was saying, you know, because I don't want people to be dependent on me. Like I'm in the business of making like independent, sovereign, God-realized humans, right? Yes. So um, it's kind of like I connect them to their own guides. Like, that's why I was sharing with you, like, Ashley, may put this in your house because I could see that, you know, you have this powerful spiritual support with you. So it's almost like if you have a symbol of it in your house, you would remember like, oh, there's the seraphim right there, which, you know, seraphim are like the highest angels that circle around the face of God, you know, so they're very powerful angels that have six wings, actually. Oh. Yeah. And you remind me of like a seraphim. You have that kind of very big seraphim presence. So huh. yeah, that's kind of, I think about like when people know that about themselves, now they can do their own research. They can go read about seraphim, see if they connect to it. And now they just know, you know, so I just, you know, God told me that, you know, I'm surrendered. That's why he chooses me to speak to people because I just listen to him and I say whatever. I don't care if it's going to like, because people might think I'm crazy a lot of things that I say, but um, <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, just helping people to see who they are is, uh, and their guides is a really big one. What else did I write down? And just, it's really important to remember that like the whole human race has been traumatized. Okay. Like we're all traumatized. So it's really important to keep that in mind in the next few years, as we're going to be building new earth as like, let's say groups of people come together to build a community or groups of people come together to make a healing summit or, you know, this kind of stuff. Like we have to keep in mind that we all have a shadow and we have all those past life selves. So we can't be like, I can't work with her because you know, her shadow, it's like, well, you have a shadow. She is a shadow. Like you guys are going to have to love each other's shadow. And what I call like trauma-informed love, friendships, everything, everything should be trauma-informed because the whole world is traumatized and they're healing from it, from COVID especially. Before COVID, there was a disaster. And now the last two years, the collective is going through that. So we have to kind of keep that in mind as we're building the new earth is to be really compassionate with each other, forgive other people. And God was telling me the other day, don't take offense. Please don't take offense. Like, I don't care what they say, you can choose not to take offense. They can say the meanest thing about you and... You can just be like, okay, thanks for sharing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm 53. I, I don't take offense. I used to be a lot more sensitive, but yeah, I don't take offense. But when you have your, for you, like thinking of your life yeah, yeah, yeah. and you wanting a family and you wanting this, go to nature and live in nature and, you know, you have this vision and you really know you're connected to God and you're connected to all the, everything, all the angels and you have this amazing and presence when you see yourself. Cause I even asked you, you know, are you going to start dating? How do you, cause I can't even imagine having an intimate relate. You'd have to really connect with somebody on all the different aspects. I want to know how you see that part, having to see that man as who you are supposed to be with. How will you know? If it's the right man, he will have the same life vision as me. Does that make sense? So for me, it's very simple because of the relationships in the past that didn't work out, but we both got hurt. Now I've learned to like not even go on a date with someone unless we have the same vision. So I wouldn't even, and I don't, you know, and the reason that I like my energy stays in my feminine energy is that I don't go out with men. I don't hang out. You know, I'm mostly with my girlfriends or focusing on my feminine stuff. And it's done on purpose because it's better to do that and wait for the right person that matches our vision rather than like date. And it kind of just lowers your vibration. Now you're dealing with their energies that are coming in your aura, you know? Right. 
Yeah, it's just about energy hygiene at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but do you just, would that be your first thing? Like, tell me your life vision. Like, yeah, how would you? I met a man, I would already know a lot about him because I can see a lot about people when I meet them, right? Like, I can tell who he is already from just looking at him. So then I would just kind of probably just allow him to kind of co- come towards me. I'm a feminine energy. So if it was the right man, he would be coming towards me, he'd be pursuing me, he'd be very masculine. It already, you know, he'd already kind of feel very secure and grounded. So meeting that man, I would already kind of know if he's even a candidate, right? Because I could see from what the manifestation on the outside of his life is. So yeah, then if it was the case, then I might go on a date with him. <laughs> I mean, you're beautiful. I just, you have so much, you know, I think I relate when I think of when I was in my thirties, cause I had, you know, didn't meet Richard till I was 35 and I just knew, I think it's that knowing and that maturity. I didn't have, I mean, we all have these gifts, but I wasn't aware of just the knowing that you, it is the life. I get it. He did have my life plan. Right. Like when you met him, you're just like, he fits, like he fits into the vision. Right. He- Women try to fit themselves into the man's vision. Like they learn about all these man things, but men that are masculine are attracted to feminine women and they want to just give them what they want. Like that's a very man thing to do is to create the dream life for his, with his partner, like co-create, right? So you were just waiting and you're so beautiful. So I'm sure you had so many different people that liked you, but when you met him, you're like, oh, that feels good. Like this feels nice. And really with God, it's all about feeling good. You know, that's why they do so much in society to numb us from feeling our feelings. They do everything to numb humans from, because our feelings are that guidance system. If you don't feel good with someone, they're not good for you. And I used to ignore that. I used to be like, oh, I don't feel good with them. Maybe I'm being judgmental. (laughs) Oh, right. No. (laughs) Isn't that, oh, I'm so, I, you know, being a mom, that's another thing. Like what would be your like when you look at yourself being a mom what would be the main things that you would want to teach your children I would want to teach them like a lot of anything creative you know so I would want I would give them all kinds of creative outlets and I would let them pick whatever they want so it'd be like painting supplies there would be sports stuff if they want to do sport I would just give them the ability to just have so many options so they can choose what naturally feels good for them and we'd be living in nature right so I'm not going to have children until I'm living in nature so they would be able to like go on forest walks with me you know we have our dogs with us and we have family visiting so their whole life would be like family creativity nature connecting to their mother and father but not ever being told what to do like just letting them because you know what's one poem that this one philosopher has and his name is Khalil Gibran and he says such a such a beautiful thing one of his lines like your children don't belong to you you know like God is just loaning the soul to you to take care of so I would be a lot like that but I would also have I have a lot of discipline. So they would learn discipline by watching me. They would watch me meditate. And if they want to come sit next to me, they can. But I would never tell them, you have to meditate. Like if they see it and they like it, they can come sit next to me, you know? Right. Uh, You know, that quote, (laughs) I know that quote so well, because it's been, that's a tough quote as a mom to understand that your children come through you. They are not yours, that God sent them through you. And I think as mine are older, 13 and 16, I see now they're little human. They're like these, these souls that are on their own journey, you know? And yeah, I do my, you know, I meditate. If they want to meditate, great. If I, they see my discipline and, you know, I definitely have taught them along the way. They're little different things, but they are on their journey. And as a mom, once you get to that place and understand that there's no control, it's just be that person that you want them to be. 
totally. Because they kids don't learn by listening. As you know, they don't listen. I don't no, know. Exactly. They learn by watching. They learn by watching. So whatever we want our kids to be, our friends to be, we emulate that. People, and it's mere neurons. You know, it's like textbook. You know, like the neurons match, right? Right. So like, um, you're, you, and you've done such a good job with your daughters. We can tell how good of a job you've done looking at your daughters, how confident they are. You know, they're confident. They talk about important things, you know, and they enjoy their beauty. They're not overwhelmed by it. So they are very balanced. You've done a wonderful job. And, you know, they're just in their teenagers, which is when their heart chakra is developing. You know, their heart chakra develops from 12 to 16. So that's why high school trauma is so important for people. It can really impact people's, like if you were bullied by women or men in high school, that can really affect your ability to connect to men and women. So, yeah. We've gone through that. Side note that they just told me to say as I was saying that. So, yeah. Was what? If you were bullied as a? Yeah, because I find that like, yeah, like a lot of women or men that come to see me, sometimes, you know, they've been hurt in high school. And I see that that's impacted their heart chakra a lot. A lot of people don't think about high school. You know, they're like, oh, high school. And I'm like, no, what happened in high school? Think about that. Yeah. Because I was taught by a, a man I interviewed a few weeks ago that at 16, like you're an adult, like it's not 18. At 16, it's complete. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's a big year. That's interesting. No wonder. I never heard that. But I mean, that's when the heart chakra is developing, you know, and after that, we developed the throat chakra. So right in the beginning of the college years, like 18 to 22, 23, that's why like, whatever happens in that time, it can really impact people's ability to be able to be independent or really become codependent, you know, so yeah. And then what? And then, you know, then your third eye. And then your crown chakra, some people's crown chakra may never look developed, you know, so some of them are given some people's crown chakras are just closed because they're like, I don't believe in God. And they can just close it to you. Huh. Well, you know, I have to kind of remove layers of metal sometimes above their head of years. They've not been connected. It's not even their fault. There was also a past life where they put this like mechanism around a lot of our heads to disconnect us from source. It's called spiritual technology like implant, you could say. So sometimes they have to remove that and then people's crowns open. But these ones kind of develop throughout the years for most people, yeah. But when people have those metal things on their head to disconnect them from God or source, so it is a past life. Sometimes, yeah, it could be a past life where, you know, maybe their child died and they're like, I never will believe in God again. You know, like they hate God because it took away their child or their crops. They're blaming nature. <laughs> they're blaming God for things nature does. <laughs> nature right. separate. She's our mother. Okay. So she's like a mother energy and the source is more like, you know, different. So um, people get mad at God for things God is not even doing. And then they disconnect and then they, they're born the next lifetime and they're completely disconnected. And you know, people are disconnected from God if, you know, they're not in their innocence. They're not like joyful, you know, they're not empathic. Like God is all the goodness, you know? Yes. He also is a dark because at the end, everything comes from the one, right? So God is also all the darkness in the universe in that sense. It permeates everything. But um, yeah, when people come into their divine self, their higher self, their God self, whatever you want to call it, they'll start to act like kids again. That's why in the Bible, they say, be like children and you shall enter heaven, right? Like they don't mean like dress like children. They mean be like children in your heart. And children are trusting, forgiving, sweet. They don't even remember if you yelled at them yesterday. You know, they're like, right. Are you know? So, yeah. What's your ritual in the morning? Do you have like a meditation that you do? I want to also, yes, tell me that. So I I do a lot of baths. So I might start my morning with a bath. 
depending on like what I feel, like if the energy of the day is tense, I might do like a salt bath and I use usually eucalyptus salt and I add other oils or herbs as needed, let's say. So I do that some mornings and I usually will go out and sit outside of my patio and just kind of breathe in. I look at the trees to see what kind of birds are there because my animal friends are another part of my guide team. So I have all these angel friends, but on the earth realm, animals are my guides and God can send us messages through animals because they're surrendered. So when I look at the birds in the morning, I can already tell what kind of day I'm going to have. If a hawk comes, if a crow comes. Yes. Um, the hummingbird comes I'm like oh it's there's a guest coming today you know to see me and, I, and then suddenly I meet like a person and they end up crying my friend you know at the beach or something so birds I do that every morning to kind of know what's happening I go and walk my dog and I usually send blessings to the earth every day like I kind of send blessings based on what I feel like is happening in the collective you know I'm like oh everybody seemed a little sad today so I send like a blessing of love to the whole earth or something like that's really good for anybody to do it brings good karma to us whenever we give so um again that's white magic we're healing everybody at the same time yes i do that then i might like i listen to a lot of music i'm constantly listening to music between sessions on my way driving to work um i usually dance every morning like not every morning but i i like to dance every day like what what do you listen to what kind of music I listen to like everything. Like I might listen to rock songs. I might listen oh. to music. I might listen to Persian music. Just like, I just kind of, cause you know, God really loves dancing. A lot of people don't know that, but like a lot of spiritual goddess stuff or different things, like there's a lot of dancing involved. And so when we dance, even in Sufism, it kind of moves the chakras and it's like an easy way to just work out. Cause I do not like the gym. I'm so sorry if everybody likes the gym, but I can't handle <laughs> the smell, the sound, any of it. So I have to work out a different way. So I kind of just move my body and yeah, I dance, I listen to music. Sometimes I listen to the same song over and over again, because I don't know if a lot of empaths would relate to this. So we all kind of have like obsessive qualities. So I've trained myself to get obsessed with things that are good for me, like music, you know? Yeah. Are you sensitive in, in big crowds? Yeah. Yeah. But I still like, I can go for like certain amount of time. Like if I'm going to go to a big crowd, I'm going to prepare a lot. So I do a lot of stuff. The more intense of a day I'm going to have, the more self-care. So sometimes I might have to stay in the bath for two hours to make sure my energy is super clean and clear. So whatever comes at me, because the big crowd is not about the big crowd. It's the fact that everybody that's there has so many things in their aura and I can feel people's auras. Right. um, But if I wear certain crystals, it can push things out. I also have protection things that I do. So yeah, I can be in big crowds and it's like, it's affecting me less and less, especially because I'm learning to um, connect to the earth wherever I am. And that keeps me really grounded when I'm really connected to mother earth. She just, whatever comes, it can't really touch you as much. How do you connect to mother earth then? So through the root chakra energetically, I actually feel like her energy coming into me, you know, I actually let it come into me like a lava. And, um, but I also talk to her like in my heart and I see her heart, like the center of the earth is her heart and it literally taps. And that's why everybody that's like spiritual does drumming. That drumming is her heart, the Schumann resonance. So I just kind of talk to my heart. I just tell her like, I love you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. If there's something I need to know today, please let me know. Or there's some weird energies around me. Please send the energy in there to clean it. And when I work with people, I'm healing them. I'm channeling her energies into them because she's the ultimate healer and doctor. All the herbs and medicines come from the earth. So she has all of them like in her body. You can see the earth as her body, right? 
So I'm always channeling her energies into me and then through other people. And I think a lot of people that are spiritual work with the higher dimensional energies, like all this stuff up here, but I don't feel as many people are as deeply connected to mother earth, which is really such a big part of being a human embodied. Right. So, yeah, totally. But you know, the eucalyptus, what is the power of that? The eucalyptus is the tree between a realm of the dead, right? So every tree, when we look at a tree, you know, we look at a tree and we're like, oh, that's a tree. But trees are actually our elders. So like we should be respecting them. They're actually spiritually more advanced than us because what are they doing? They're just there and they're being of service. They're taking in garbage. They're putting out oxygen. They're the ultimate empaths with no shadow, no no nothing, right? So when I see a tree, I kind of like acknowledge them. Like I just kind of look at them, not like this every time, but I kind of like acknowledge them like, hello, hello. And when they're really big and old, think about that's like a really big elder. And, And I've been brought in a culture, which was the Persian culture, which we respect our elders. I never turn my back to like my grandmother, you know, we let them go first. Like we always greet them. So it was a very big thing in me. So trees are the same way. And um, eucalyptus, when I was not feeling well at all for a few years, like I was mostly like in bed, um, trees started kind of talking to me and they started helping me. And I was just like, what is happening? I never, I never knew this would happen, but I would literally walk by a tree and I would feel an energetic pull to it. I would go to it and I would take a picture of the tree and I would do research to see what kind of a tree it was. And suddenly I would see that what that tree was, was exactly the symptom I was experiencing. Huh. It was amazing. Like trees came to me to start helping me and we help, they want to help everyone. You know, trees love to be of service, but they also love to be respected. And I usually give them an energy exchange. Like I give them water, you know, when I, if I take a branch, I always ask permission. I say, can I cut this? And then I always give them water. So it's balanced. Yeah. So um, eucalyptus is really good because when you um, connect to a tree that way, you can also connect to a tree spiritually. So they're actually beings, you know, so you can see like a tree also has like a deva behind it. So um, we don't want to worship these. These are just our friends. I'm going to keep prefacing this, but um, you can actually call to the tree deva and be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to take a bath. Please come and add your spiritual medicine to me. And they can do that. It's an energetic medicine. You don't even have to have the eucalyptus. You can energetically connect to the consciousness of the tree. And so People sometimes come to my session and, you know, they say, oh, it was like an ayahuasca experience. And, you know, that's like a plant, you know, but her energy comes here. So people can have an experience with the plant without ever ingesting it. People don't know that, you know, whatever way you like. But um, yeah. Have you done ayahuasca? I haven't done ayahuasca because she told me not to do it. She told me that she was already in me. But I've done like, you know, I've used other plant medicines when I was dealing with, you know, growths and tumor, things like that to kind of heal them. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Oh, you're just beautiful. I've loved it. I can't believe it's been an hour. How did that happen? (laughs) I know, right? What, tell me anything, like what would be, you know, something you would want to share? What would God want to say right now? Let's see what God wants to talk about. Because the source, what is a good thing to share at this time as we're closing? Okay. So is that it? Anything else? Yeah. So God wants everybody to experience him, right? So there's a flame in all of our heart chakras, you know, and that the heart flame, that's what they showed me. So you, if you guys look at pictures of like, uh, like Jesus on a candle or something, you see three layers of light coming out of it sometimes, but he was saying that he wants everybody to experiencing him by feeling that fire in their chest. 
And it's a pink, blue, and gold. So it's three flames, the divine masculine, the divine feminine, and then the gold flame, which is their unity consciousness. So he kind of said, like, if everybody wants to close their eyes right now, we're going to kind of give them that experience for like a 10 seconds if they want to feel that. So just take a deep breath and just kind of sense your crown chakra opening up just energetically the top of your head. Allow the golden energy of source to come into your brain. Let it kind of soak your brain and then go down your throat and into your heart chakra. Feel that gold frequency mixing with your flame inside of your heart. It is blue, pink, and gold, and it turns into a violet color. So just breathe that gold energy directly into that fire for 10 seconds. Deep breaths. Keep feeling that fire getting bigger and stronger. And then just be still. Feel the presence of God standing over you, behind you, in all directions around you. And then take a deep breath and feel that presence connecting into your heart. That's it. That's something that you could do every day just to connect to God in the morning. And then just, if you like, you can ask God to guide all your communications, all your affairs, all your relationships, all your business stuff, everything. Just say, thank you for taking over my life. I surrender to you 100%. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ashton. That was oh. fun. You're such a great interviewer. What a beautiful woman outside and inside. Oh, Thank you so wonderful. I can't wait to see you again in person. Yes. Good. Come see me soon. I will. Thank <laughs> you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.